Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that wants to remind everyone that a pinata is not a good idea for a Halloween costume. <laughs> it's Dale. Yeah, they'll take a ass beating on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't beat that costume with a stick. <laughs> See, I mean, my sound effect machine, man. <laughs> we do need a sound effect machine, don't we? It'd be like iCarly all over again. Oh, yeah, it would. Yeah, have iCarly with the podcast. Hey, cool stuff. Yeah. yeah What's going on, dude? Uh, you, man. No, it ain't me. Yeah. I'm just glad to be in your presence. <laughs> presence? Is it Christmas time? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the decorations are out, so yes, it's Christmas time. Yeah, no doubt. Not even Halloween yet, and we already got Christmas stuff everywhere. It's yeah. crazy. Well, if you don't have your Easter out, decorations out, then you're way behind, man. <laughs> even my Easter outfit. Easter outfit, your yeah. bonnet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get shout-outs, dude, or anybody you want to mention right uh, quick. Dude, we'd like to say we really appreciate uh, Brandy Kennard, I guess. Kennard, I hope I didn't butcher your name, uh, for the Facebook recommendations she put out, saying uh, better late than never. She's just loving the CHC. And we love you for that recommendation. And we love the CHC as well. We do. Mm-hmm. And we love our listeners. We do. We love them. Won't you marry them? Won't you marry them? Yep. And if anybody wants to go to Apple Podcast and rate and review, please do it. Yes. It really, really helps. Click that five star and write something in the box. Yeah, and everybody delete Samsung stuff because they won't put us on. No, it, all of our stuff's there. It's just not showing up on Samsung. I don't know why. So I'm, I'm not up. happy about it. I've given up on them. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need them. We, nah. got, we got all you guys. Yeah. We got plenty of listeners and we got plenty of downloads going on. Yeah. We're so thankful. Yep. And you guys are awesome. Hey, and it's getting cooler weather. So if anybody wants to go over to the store page and get them a hoodie, something cool to wear. I'm going to get me one. Yeah. Another go over one. and do it. I'm going to get me another one, actually. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Get you one. I got one and about 17 t-shirts, so I think I need another hoodie. Well, you need another hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a walking billboard, you know. Yeah, you are. Every time I see you, Dale, you have a crack house t-shirt. Yeah, somebody's got to wear it. Yeah. Might as well be me. That man is a walking billboard. <laughs> All right, nothing else, dude. All right, man, let's get down to We're going to get on to this episode. Nobody's yelling at us for taking too much time. Yeah, they, they'll yell. I mean, we always hear something. Yeah, as long as they're saying something, we don't give a shit, do we? But, uh, we have a pretty interesting case this week, dude. We do. It's kind of local Halloween-related. Halloween-y? So this, this part of the part of the year, fair's over, and your, your kind of weather's coming in, and it's getting a little chilly, and uh, get into it. But, Dale, uh, this is uh, kind of a Halloween story. It that, is. Yeah, to sort of set the mood in the season for Halloween. All right. But today we are talking about Chelsea Brooke. Yes. B-R-U-C-K. Brooke, yep. Her full name is Chelsea Ellen Brooke, and she was born on January the 28th of 1992 in Trenton, Michigan, hmm. to parents Leanda Brooke and Matt Brooke. And she was the youngest of five kids. She had two sisters and two brothers. Now, Chelsea grew up in a small town there in Michigan, Dale, called Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Was it Maybe? Uh, Maybe was the name of the town. Okay. M-A-Y-B-E-E. It's kind of small, like 600 residents. Yeah, very, very small, man. Everybody knew everybody. Farm town, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure everybody still knows everybody there, (laughs) if you live there. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. But now, Chelsea, like I said, she was the youngest of five kids, and she was described as a super nice and super friendly, sweet country girl. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a small town chickadee. Yeah. But she was uh, 22 years old at the time of this story we're talking about. And she was working at a place called Olga's Kitchen. Olga. Yeah, it was in the, it's a restaurant in Monroe County. And it's a Mediterranean restaurant. Hmm. And I'm not sure exactly what a Mediterranean restaurant is. I've never been to one, so but that's what it was. It's kind of odd being in a tiny town like that. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, this is in Monroe County, so I'm sure like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she worked there with her friend Rebecca, right? Yeah. Rebecca Bronson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now, the day we're talking about is October the 25th of 2014. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea and Becky, they were going to go to a Halloween party. Yeah, they've been planning this for for a long time for a while i was gonna say months but i'm not sure it was months but. yeah probably weeks i would imagine yeah it was a huge halloween party man. well it's probably it's annual so it could have been for months but i'm not sure you know. yeah but it was called big mike's halloween bash big mike yeah his name's mike williams but we're just gonna call him big mike big mike and he played in a metal band like a thrash metal band yeah screamo or something 
Yeah, and the name of their band was Pickaxe Preachers. Pickaxe Preacher. Was it Preachers or Preacher? Preacher. Okay. No, one, yes. There's just one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what they were going to do that night. Okay. But the weeks leading up to this, Chelsea had, um, well, Chelsea and Becky, they had made up their costumes. Right. They decided they were going to go as Batman villains. Yeah, they were. And uh, I'm not sure what Rebecca's costume was. I have I've never, never seen. I have, I have tried to find out what her costume was, but right. I haven't been able to find it. But Chelsea was going to go as Poison Ivy. Yeah, from Batman. Right. Yeah. And she worked hard on that. She'd. Uh, it was a, yeah, a homemade costume. Yeah. Handmade, I should say. Yeah, she got some uh, green leotards and sewn some plastic ivy leaves to it and made it up pretty good and had her some red shoes, yeah. like flat shoes that she got at American Eagle. Yes, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she even had a bottle of wine that she changed the label on and had the word poison on it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Make the, the costume complete. If yeah, you will. and she also had like a, a purple... Plum, like a plum color. Yeah, wig. Yeah, and those, those shoes like some uh, red Mary Jane style shoes. Yeah, that's right. That's what she's looking for. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, like mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it had been reported, Dale, they showed up to this party at around 10 o'clock that night. And they were just walking around having a good time. Mm-hmm. Chelsea was uh, drinking out of her wine bottle, but she never did finish it, they said. And she was just sort of, I guess, tipsy, just having a good time. Yeah, feeling good, man. Yeah, just partying. Yeah, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Not, 22, don't care. You got it going on. But they said she was not drunk. Right. So just having a good time. Yeah, just so you know. But it was a big party. They were expected uh, to be about 300 people show up, Dale. Yeah, but when, uh, you know, Big Mike got on Facebook and had him, I think he had sent it out to like over a 1,000 people mm-hmm. on his, uh, his invite. Yeah. And he was expecting about three to show up. Yeah. But get this. They were close to 800-plus people there that night. Now, that's a party. That's a party, man. <laughs> and uh, been reported they had two tents set up. Mm-hmm. And eight bands booked two, that yeah, night. Yeah, two big tents, and they had eight bands, eight metal bands playing that night. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be pretty cool. And then after that, I think you're going to have a big bonfire and some other stuff. Yep. But the last of the bands, I think, finished playing around midnight or closely after midnight. Correct. But, yeah, Chelsea and Becky, they were just walking around having a good time. And it was some point, it wasn't long after they got there, that Chelsea had ran into a tent pole. Well, what happened is... uh. If I'm not mistaken, what happened is when the last band played, Big Mike wrote it. He went over and uh, lit the the bonfire, and it was a huge bonfire. Mm-hmm. And they were leaving the tent from watching the bands to go over to the bonfire. Yeah. So when she was ducking out of the tent, she had hit a uh, tent pole across the bridge of her nose. Yeah, like a low hanging tent pole. Yes. And I think it hurt her pretty bad. Well, you know. When you walk into something hits you in the nose, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not like she was a bloody nose, but it just hit her right across the bridge, I think. Yeah. And it, you can see some stars, probably, and say probably, some bad words. Probably <laughs> did. But she was ready to leave then. Yeah. And she was wanting to go home. Right. But now, one thing we failed to mention, that uh, Chelsea did not have a driver's license. That's right. Yeah, she, everywhere she wanted to go, she had to bum a ride. Yeah, and it wasn't like she like had problems drinking and all this kind of had it taken. She just never had had one and never really had any use for one or as far as had to have it, mm-hmm. which is odd to me because I went and got mine the first day I was eligible. Yeah, yeah, 16. <laughs> yeah, but her, her parents took her to work and anywhere she needed to go and everything. So she just really just never really cared anything about getting it. Mm-hmm. So, and, so she just didn't have one. And like I said, she was the youngest of five kids and she was the only one still living at home. Right. Yeah. But um, so she didn't drive. No, but she had taken that ride to the party, mm-hmm. and at some point that they got separated at the party. Yeah, at this bonfire. Yeah, well, you know, it was, it was three of them that was hanging out, and it was Becky and Chelsea and another friend named Penny. Yes. Yeah, and they were all hanging out mm-hmm. as they were going over to the fire. I think the bands were over just a little after midnight. They left the tent and was going to the bonfire, and then they got separated. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Chelsea, once she, when she hit her nose, she was ready to go home. Well, if that was the point. They were coming out of that tent. After that, I think Penny had to go to work the next day. Mm-hmm. So about 1 o'clock in the morning, she was like, she, we need to go. Well, they couldn't find Chelsea nowhere. So they just figured, well, she can find somebody else. She, she knows a lot of people at this party can give her a ride home. Yeah. So they just left. And that, that kind of... Kind of pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, when I heard all that, that rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, especially when she wanted to go home. I mean, if this is one one thirty, it's not even been an hour or so since she wanted to go home. You talk her into staying, 
And then when you couldn't find her, you just left her. Yeah. So hmm. that's pretty crappy. It is, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they feel bad about it or whatever. But, yeah. But anyway, it's just kind of odd. I wouldn't leave my friend there to, to party of 800 people. But anyway, I don't know if we mentioned this or not. Once she made her costume down here, it wasn't nowhere, no pockets. Yeah, she so, didn't make any pockets in for her stuff. So those girls had her phone too. Yeah. I think Becky was holding on to it for her because uh, she had no pockets and nowhere to keep it. So they couldn't call her. She couldn't call them. Yeah. So there's she was stuck at that party with no communication. Chelsea wouldn't, they, they'd lost her, they, they couldn't lost find her. her there around the bonfire. Everybody hanging out there because you know, you got 800 people standing around, yeah, partying. It's gonna be a mess, it's gonna be just a cluster. And everybody's been there a good long time, yeah, they're all drinking, everybody's got on a costume, yeah, so it's just a big blur of people, mm-hmm. right? I understand that, yeah, you know, but you know, she just wanted, wanted to leave not even an hour before, and they talked her into staying. Yeah, and then they go and they decide, you know, well, and I understand the girls got to leave to go to work, but you already promised this that you would take her home, and you have her phone. Yeah, so man, it just kind of gets a little iffy to me. Even though if you think, well, you know, she gets a ride from people all the time, she's probably knows somebody here. She's gonna catch a ride home, no problem. Yeah, but then, like you said, she did use some other people's phone that night because I said, you know, it was reported that she, they'd seen her sitting around later on in the evening. You know, crying and whatever. And, you know, whether she was drinking a little more or she just couldn't get a ride and was cold and sitting out here and didn't know anybody or mm-hmm. what. But she had uh, used up to six people's phones to make phone calls and actually did get a hold. And I'm pretty sure it was Penny that she got a hold of. And if I'm mistaken, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, because she had called Penny to try to get her ride back. Yeah, and she's and Penny trying to, to do the right thing on her own part to be responsible and said, no, I'm sorry, I've been drinking too much and I ain't got no business driving. Yeah. But you'd also promised her you would give her a ride home, and then she finally gets a phone to call you, and then you turn her down again after you left her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just pretty. Yeah. But now, it wasn't until later the next night, Dale, that Chelsea's sister sent Becky a Facebook message right. telling her that Chelsea had not come home. Right. And she was like, oh, she's probably at a friend's or, yeah. or just something, yeah. and she'll show up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe she went up with somebody and then they went somewhere and ate breakfast, went back and crashed or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Just, just sleeping it off. Yeah. So nobody, I mean, you know, it's a small town. Nobody's thinking anything bad at this point. And still no one had heard from her. Her family ended up calling the police. Yes. And they called her friends and they actually ended up calling Big Mike. Big Mike. And hoping they'd get some answers when they talked to Big Mike and... He said he was actually getting all kinds of text and Facebook messages and all kinds of stuff asking if he'd seen Chelsea. Right. And, you know, he said, you know, I really didn't even know who they were talking about it you know, because he didn't know her personally. Yeah. So he was like, uh, you know, I don't know. So, But he would, you know, say he would go out and look through the fields, make sure, you know, she wasn't drunk or fell down or broke her leg or, you know, or just was just out there by herself somewhere. Yeah, because this, when they had this party, Dale, it was on a big property large piece of property yeah it was it was big mike's mom's property right and it was a big old field giant yes yeah a little little house in the corner and the rest of it just an open field yeah yeah so he said he'd get out there and look around and he did he got out there and walked around walked a couple miles couple miles yeah yeah took his dog and they just like i guess they just had a good walking around trying to find something because he said he would, and that's, that's what they did. Right. And they got a couple of miles out in the field with him and his dog, like you said, and mm. the dog had got caught in a fox trap. Yeah. And hurt his paw pretty bad. Yeah. So he ended up carrying his pup back to the house, you know, and uh, once he got back to the house, he walked up, and Chelsea's mom was sitting in his driveway. Yes. So kind of freaked him out, I think. Yeah. So he told her, he said, I've got to take my dog to the vet, but you're welcome to hang out here. Hang out here and, and go look for her or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's what she did. So he went, go get his dog looked at, and by the time he comes back, there was a couple of deputies and about 15 people on his property. Yeah. They had already set up tents, had a generator and a porta john, like they had set up a command post and all this without even asking if that was okay. Yeah, they made a headquarters out of that farm. Yeah. Looking for Chelsea. Which is kind of crazy. So I'm sure he was like, whoa, wait a damn minute. Mm-hmm. But what do you do? I mean, you know, they're, they're fully committed, to, you know, to looking for their, her daughter. Yeah. You know, but... It's also kind of odd that they didn't ask if they could do it first. I guess and they didn't care at this point. It's more, everything is more important than ask permission. Yeah. It's kind of one of those uh, ask forgiveness, not permission kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. 
But Mike, even Big Mike, he called his lawyer, and his lawyer pretty much told him that, you know, you could probably say something about it, but it'd probably best not to. Right. You, know, if you're not you can run them off, but then you're going to look like the dick in the case. Yeah, you're going right. to be the bad guy. Right. So just, you know, let them look and do what they have to do if they're not hurting anything. Right. Yeah. Because there were law enforcement out there. Yeah. Exactly. So, but, you know, they looked and then until way up into Monday evening, and then about this time is when Chelsea's mom kind of turned on Mike and confronted him yeah accused him of having her hid somewhere yeah he went she went up to him and said you've got her hid you've got her in your basement or in a building somewhere what yeah. have, what have you done with my daughter I'm like wow yeah so i'm sure he was floored right there yeah you know and right there you think about it, there's like over 800 people there and every us every suspect was in the damn costume but yeah, that's what's crazy because you know it makes for a perfect crime yeah i mean it's crazy you can't describe like anybody so. really exactly you know, so what do you look like? Oh, you look like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, and I'm sure by this time the media is starting to you know roll in on the farm too. So just being a full out damn command post, and, and it's just getting a little much. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Mike realized all this is going to do when he's just having his annual party, and then all of a sudden this is going on. Yeah, and even Chelsea's mom said that uh, if she knew that they were going to be over that many people there. She would not let her daughter go, even you know her being twenty-two. Yeah, she knew it was going to be that size of party. In the damn way, she'd let her go. Yeah, right. Which I I get it. Yeah, it's a, you know the baby living at home. You just don't want to let them go. Plus, going to some hell. I don't know if I want to go to a party that damn many. People. Yeah, that'd be bad. It's a lot of people. Yeah, but now they volunteers. They were joining Facebook groups and creating Facebook groups and trying to get the word out. They were putting up missing poster flyers and the media was getting involved mm-hmm. the local news stations were getting involved right especially be look out you know for her costume because it was very uh uh obvious obvious i mean yeah but you know it was kind of a it well, stood out i don't want to say rare because that ain't what i'm trying to say uh yeah it stood out because it was it was one of a kind there yeah we, there we go yeah because she'd made it right but chelsea was five foot seven she was blonde and just average building. She also had an anchor tattoo behind her right ear. Right. Yeah, and they were setting up vigils and had tip lines going, you know. they were, I mean, everything was going. They're, they're doing everything they can do at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to find her and see what the hell's going on here. Yep. And now there were two detectives. Their names were Brian Schrocka and Mike Predmore, and yeah. they were the main detectives on this case throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started going to neighboring farms to have searches and the biggest issue that they were running into was the fact that this happened from a place with, you know, eight, like we said, 800 yeah. people and in costume. Right. 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 Everybody's in a disguise already. So, I mean, yeah, it's so shit. It's just hard. And they did discover that Chelsea had used other people's cell phone mm-hmm. to call for help. Right. And one of the people she called was Penny, like right. we said. Yep. Now, there was a couple of days after the party, Dale, there was a woman called the detectives, and her son said he saw Chelsea at about 3.30 a.m., and it was the night of the party. So this is two hours after yeah. friends had left. And he was sure it was her because she had talked about her costume. Yeah. And he remembered talking about his own allergic reactions to poison ivy, which yeah. is, they called it, thought it was kind of funny. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. But he said there was a man that was with her and they seemed like they knew each other pretty well or he was just kind of standing over her, yeah like semi acting like he's trying to comfort her or something yeah but you know he did say she was a little tipsy while he was talking to her yeah so this guy's kind of weird but he did say that she was a little frazzled and was wanting to go home right and she couldn't find her friends and but he described that guy as a, a lurker he's kind of tall slender swoopy emo hair with glasses mm-hmm and then uh, the, the, those two kind of left his presence at the same time. So they just kind of, I guess he kind of took her and walked off from this guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. The way it sounds. Yep. They did do a sketch of this guy. Mm-hmm. And it was released immediately. And they got bombarded with phone calls, tips, because... At this time, everybody looked like an emo type. <laughs> yeah, they looked like this. And they even showed the picture to Big Mike. And he said, you know, they several people in several bands that looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least be, you know two or three members of one band said actually i could even take you to a bar right now where everybody in that bar looks like this guy yeah they all resemble each other so this is another kind of another dead end in a way mm-hmm. even though you thought it was a really good lead so but they did go check those guys in the band he talked about and the fbi did and uh, they all had alibis so mm-hmm. 
they all checked out went on and they even asked mike if it was okay to search his house yeah and he told them no. he said uh no nope so you know what happens then yeah they went and got a search warrant come back with the whole swat team yep <laughs> and he had to let them search his house oh yeah what are you gonna do then yeah he had to yeah so they searched the whole house they searched all the fire pits everything around the grounds i'm sure they searched it pretty well but they didn't find anything but they still considered him a person of interest Ooh, yeah. throughout all this. Oh, I'm sure. But he maintained that he had nothing to do Yeah. or didn't even know her. Right. But then as the search for you know Big Mike's place was going on, uh, there was another tip that got called in. It was about a guy named Harlan Bird. Correct. And this guy, they got him in for an interview. Mm-hmm. He said he did go to the party that night with his best friend, and he witnessed two men harassing a woman in the parking area i guess where they parked their cars there at the, at the party yeah correct and they were shoving a woman around like assaulting her you know yeah, yelling this, well and, he made it sound like he would they were just pushing her around between them two you know and yelling at her and raising hell and he went over there and fought him off and picked her up off the ground yeah pretty mm-hmm. much yeah. yeah and he said during that struggle when he was i guess he fought him off and he was comforting her he got a little bit of blood on his shirt right like from her face or something yeah when he picked chelsea up off the ground mm-hmm. yeah when he was comfortable he left some on his shoulder but there was a a car there and it, he described it as a red four-door car and it was open and she was sitting in the car right well he, he found one that was unlocked and put her in the car mm-hmm. and then he said once he put her in the car he was going to go walk back to the party see if he could find some of her friends yeah and then when he came back the car and her was gone mm-hmm but that's a little weird to me. That I mean, is very weird. How in the hell is he going to find her friends? He doesn't even know her friends. And are. you got 800 people there. <laughs> yeah. Walking around. Yeah. That just doesn't make yeah, any well, sense. She couldn't find them and she knows who she's looking for. Yeah, it's kind of odd. So they went back to the blood. He said he got on his shirt from mm. saving her. Right. And they asked him, they pressed him about the shirt and asked him if he still had the shirt. And he said he did. And he had asked if uh, washing it would. We said his girlfriend probably had washed it. Yeah. So there's like, what? And he goes, yeah. He goes, but can you still get the evidence even if she's washed it? I'm like, well, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, but, bummer. <laughs> yeah. He claimed that she'd had a bloody nose. And then he said he'd, he didn't see a bloody nose, but he assumed she had a bloody nose. Yeah. Mm. Which, I don't know, it being dark. It'd be hard to tell. It would. I, I, I'd give him that much anyway. Yeah, you know, so you, if you got, if she was like kind of holding the girl up to you and had her head on your shoulder or something, you don't really know where it came from. If it was just a, a speck or something, it's not like it said he was running down his shirt or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to tell. But he was making himself out to be kind of like a little hero kind of yeah. guy, mm-hmm. saving her. and Harlan the hero. Uh, Harlan Bird. That was his name. Yeah, it's Harlan the hero. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's looking. They look kind of looking at him a little bit sideways, especially when we start talking about blood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they've got uh, Big Mike and Harlan Bird on their radar right now. Yep. This Harlan Bird, he denied doing any harm to Chelsea. Yeah, I'm sure they started turning up the heat a little bit on him a little bit during the interrogation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he said no way that he would do anything like that. Mm -hmm. But they kept pressing him. Yeah. And that's when a big confession came in. Yeah, because his story just get a little inconsistent, as mm-hmm. they say. Yeah. And that's when he admitted that he made the whole story up just to look good. Damn, told you. He's yeah. to be a hero. Yeah. So he's wasted time. Time and energy. Yeah. Yeah, when uh, people could really be looking for something, they're in there talking to this clown. And he's coming in there saying, yeah, I, I made it up just I to look good. made the whole story up. But now there was a huge prayer visual for chelsea and her family and they were still clinging to the hope that she was going to return home mm-hmm. and her mom even said to the press that it's not a hope it's a reality yeah she just knew she's coming home yeah yeah and she was as, as positive as she could be and even had one of the girls come up to her and tell her that i was a, i was chelsea's friend and she corrected her and said no you are her friend yes so she was definitely on on top of it but the headquarters for the Chelsea search moved from the farm where they had the party to a, I think it's an empty bank. Yeah, vacant bank. Yeah, there mm-hmm. in Monroe. In the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. But they still had up flyers and posters and purple ribbons, which was Chelsea's favorite color. Yeah, said so they're all over town. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can imagine. Oh, yeah. But no sign of Chelsea at all. Nope. But then there was a woman from Toledo 
that contacted the police and she said her ex-boyfriend had confessed to her that he killed chelsea yeah and her name was carrie carr carrie carr this girl the carrie carr she came in and and this was a she was talking about her ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. so they had broken up so i guess now she figured she could tell what he had told her you know what i mean she don't have to try to protect him that's what the deal was yeah so he came in and said that he had he had left with chelsea and ended up killing her and dumping her body in a toledo cemetery and then she also threatened to kill her too if she ever told anybody so she told the detectives that you know she was scared of her ex and she insisted that he be arrested and brought in, but she didn't want him just brought in and questions and released because they lived on the same street. Yeah, and he so would come after he her. He would yeah. come after her, yeah. But they didn't really care what she said, but they knew. I mean, as far as his uh, question and release, they went straight to him to get him to question him. Yeah. They couldn't waste no time. That's right. Right. But now, they after they brought her back in, after a long interview, she admitted that she was lying just to get back at her ex well they talked to the boyfriend and he told him right away you know that uh yeah this girl's just trying to get get me arrested yeah we had a you know we broke up and she's just i don't know i don't think he said she was crazy or whatever but anyway they, she said you know that we had broken up and she was just a ploy to get me arrested mm-hmm. so then that's when they brought her back in and talked to her again and then that's when she admitted she was lying too that's just crazy that's just messed up everybody's <laughs> trying to be <laughs> Get in on this mess. But Carrie got arrested and Harlan had got arrested for lying to the police. Correct. And they should have been. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now later the next March, Dale, there was a woman named Cheryl Retzla. She called into the police and said she found something on the edge of her property. And now her property was about 2.3 miles away from where the party was. Yes. And this Cheryl said she was cleaning up some debris and stuff that I guess it fell during the winter mm-hmm. along the road, the, the tree line there of her property is what it was. Yeah. And she ended up finding a red flat leather Mary Jane type shoe from American Eagle. Mm-hmm. And she said she initially just threw it in the trash. And yeah, she, well, she just had her bag out there, you know, picking up, picking stuff, up trash, just yeah, in there, trying to clean up the roadside. Off. Yeah, I'll pick yeah. up trash out here on my road too. Right. And when she went home, she talked to her husband, and he'd always ask her, oh, "Did you find anything cool? Did you see anything you picked up?" And she had mentioned the shoe to her husband, and that's when he perked right up. Yeah, a yeah. light bulb went off in his head. Yeah, she hadn't even put it together. And he even said, "Do you think it could belong to that girl?" Mm-hmm. And that's when they both. In a hitter. Yeah. Yep. They could possibly belong to Chelsea. Correct. And the police were very interested in this, and they went over there and took a picture of this shoe, and they texted it to Chelsea's mom, Leanda, mm-hmm. and she pretty much identified it as Chelsea's shoe. Yep. Definitely it. Yeah. Mm, that ain't good. Yep. And they searched all around the area where the shoe was found, and they found nothing else related to Chelsea. Yeah, and then she had said that uh, where she lived, you know, probably hundreds of those people would have come by her, her down her road. Yeah. So, you know, there's no telling when it got there or how or who. Yeah, or how it ended up there or anything. Right. And it was like, like she took off her shoe and they just threw it out or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a little while later, there was a guy named Eric Asab. And his friend, they were out trying to make some money. And this is what, what they were doing. They were stealing pieces of, like, scrap metal. It was scrapping. That's what I call it yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were getting it from abandoned buildings. Yeah. And they were in a half-collapsed abandoned building. This is about 10 miles from where the party was. Yes. This is when Eric found something kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And he initially thought it was just a plant. Yeah, well, he said he looked over and he found there was a piece of plywood laying in there. So he went over, and when he lift up the plywood, that's when he saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Looked like a plant. And when he got closer, it, he realized that it was a costume. Mm-hmm. He saw all those uh, ivy leaves and stuff sewn to that, mm-hmm. and that's what it was. And next to the costume was a plum-colored wig. Yep. The same one that Chelsea was wearing the night she went missing. Right. Yeah. So and it, it, he didn't realize what's going on. So he just kind of picked it up and then saw it. Saw what it was. It was a costume, just a random costume. So he just laid it back down. Yeah, didn't think nothing of it. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. But a little bit later, he saw a missing persons poster with the costume on it. It was a week. Yeah, yeah. 
and he was like, "Wow!" So he, talk, he went and talked to his sister. He was getting nervous, yeah, because he had touched it. Yeah, I would get nervous too. Hell yeah, I had it in my hand. I'm like, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" So like Dale said, he went to his sister and, "What should I do? What should I do?" And then she's like, "Well, either you call him or I will." Yeah, we got to report it. Yeah, he called the police and reported it. Yeah, so yeah. they they brought him in for questioning. Yeah, yes, they didn't blame him for being nervous. You know, I mean, I would get nervous for oh, something yeah. like that. Heck yeah. It'd be like uh, that fella had the hat in, you know, in the last episode. Yeah. But when they got the costume, they saw that it had been ripped at the straps mm-hmm. and the crotch, too. It had been ripped out of it, yeah. Because it was a leotard, and it was sent to the state crime lab while uh, police and investigators searched the building where these two guys were scrapping. Yeah, and all the surrounding area and everything, just trying to see as much stuff as they could find. And they also brought Eric into the police station to interview him. Correct. Yeah. Heck yeah, you know, he'd be scared to death. That would be too. Heck yeah. You know, and they said they were asking him stuff, you know, and he didn't know really anything about stuff. He just went ahead and told you, said, I want to go ahead and tell you right now that my baby's mother, you know, lives on the same road. That, yeah. That that, uh, that that she was found the other day. So just so you know, I'm trying to give you everything out front. I'm not hiding nothing. Yeah, and he was willing to take a polygraph and everything he needed to do to. Yeah. Clear his name, which I get it. DNA or whatever you whatever you want me to do. He was offering up DNA too, yeah. Yeah. But it started looking pretty good for Eric because the police, I think they were believing him. Yes. And they weren't too concerned with him at the moment. Yeah, but guess what we're going to have here? About right here where there's abandoned building and where the wig and the costume is found. It was only like 100 yards from where Harlan Bird lived. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, just less than 100 yards. So it's not looking too good for Harlan Bird. No, actually, uh, his mobile home was directly across the street from his building. Yeah. So it was like, hmm. Yeah, light bulb went off in the detective's head, too. Yep. They're like, yeah, hmm. We're going to have to call you back. So this time they called Harlan back in, and he came in with an attorney deal. Yes. Yeah. And he denied it again. He denied everything. He admitted and and that he had been to the abandoned building before, but something must be trying to... Somebody's, somebody's, somebody's trying, trying to frame me, man. Trying to frame him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I've been over to that building before, but I damn sure I didn't put that stuff in there, and I, everything I told you before was a lie. I made it all up. I never even saw a girl. And that's when he decided to take a polygraph, and he gave some DNA, too. Right. And he passed the polygraph. He passed it. Yeah. Man, don't so, you know he's having a heart attack after going there and make up all that story? So about Harlan this is pretty much cleared. Yeah. So we're going to move a little bit ahead to April the 24th of 2015. And this is about seven miles from where the party at Big Mike's mm-hmm. house was. Okay. And a man named John McCron, he was driving his dump truck to a construction site because like, it was reported he needed some, some uh, field dirt. Yeah, for his property. Mm hmm. Because he was building a house or something for his family. Yeah, I think so. And he was literally in the process of doing this when his uh, it was reported that his truck got kind of stuck or it was something. Like wet and muddy soil, yeah. So yeah. he was kind of spinning up a little bit. So he got out of his truck and went around the back. And that's when he noticed the edge of the property was a dead body. Oh, no. Yeah. And he was actually on the phone to his wife mm. when all this was going on. He said, honey, I got to call you back. Yep. So he called the authorities and the detectives in the crime lab and investigators, they swarmed the scene. Yep. And they got there pretty quick. And the body was skeletal for the most part. Yeah. There was a little skin remaining on the chest, hands, and legs. And then there was some, some still some long blonde hair attached to the skull. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Yeah, it is. But, you know, there was also some small logs and branches that had been uh, deliberately uh put on top of the body to try to conceal it from where it was but then they noticed there was one single um artificial ivy leaf near the body so they knew exactly what it was they knew it was chelsea yeah and they contacted the family right to let them know they found a body that way they wouldn't be hearing it on the news first right because media was already showing up yeah they were they said well, you know we don't know if it's her for sure but we're going to give you a heads up that we found her and they probably they probably said we probably think it is, but, you know, without being 100%, but just so you know. But I just want to say this, too, about this police work up there. Everything I studied on this, man, they these guys were doing their job. Yeah. This is a big, this is kind of refreshing after the last few we've had where everything was dirty and hide everything, you know. Yeah, these guys were doing their job. Busting ass. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. But now they called in a forensic anthropologist, 
and they confirmed through dental records that it was Chelsea Brooke. Yep. They were also able to get some male DNA off of the leotard. Right. So this news had just came in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to come into play just a little bit later. Right. Well, you know, they went ahead and took the DNA, and they run it through CODIS, but they got no hits. At nothing. All. Nothing on it. And they even compared it to Eric and Harlan's DNA. You're right. Cleared both of them. Yeah. So right now, they're looking back at Big Mike, you know? Yeah. Because he's, and they went and asked him for it, and he said no. Yeah, I wouldn't give you no DNA. He wouldn't give it to him. No. And, you know, and I, and I get it. His reason was, you know, I don't want my DNA in no database because I'm not a criminal. That's what he told him. And, you know, and I just don't want to give it to you. Yeah. So I'm sure it made him suspicious, but then again, I see his point, too. Yeah. You know, looking from the inside out or outside in. I you know, I don't know what I'd do in that situation. You know, it looks like you could say, look, I'll give it to you on the one, one thing, you know, mine don't go in no database and it's destroyed after you check it yeah you know and then say so you can go and check it against your sample mm-hmm. and if when it don't match you destroy it yeah now whether they would do it or not i don't know but to me that sounds like a reasonable reasonable request thank you yeah but now this is about a month later the medical examiner's office said they did have a cause of death for chelsea mm-hmm. and it was blunt force trauma to the face oh, and head this makes me mad. Yeah, and there were several facial injuries sustained everywhere on her skull. And it was discovered that her jaw was broke when they they actually observed that when they got to the... Yeah, when they found her. Yeah. Immediately, they could see a break in her jaw. I mean, yeah. a severe fracture. And a lot of fractures around her eye sockets, too. Yeah, specifically her eye sockets. Mm-hmm. They were just smashed. So, Chelsea had received a horrible, brutal beating, Dale. Yeah. It wasn't just a, a kill. I mean, she was beaten. Yeah, bad. Like we were saying, the detectives, they weren't telling any of this. No, they didn't tell her family or nothing. They kept this, this secret yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they even kept it secret about the DNA they had found, too. Right. Well, the family went ahead and had a uh, private funeral, you know, for her. Yeah. In the, right, about, right about the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, they didn't. They hadn't said nothing to them about, you know, everything they'd found out. But they just went ahead to lay her at rest. Yeah. Where they had found Chelsea's body on this property, they yeah. were doing some excavating, and this John McCrone was out there again, and he remembered he's you know, he's building a house, and he found a red shoe that matched the one they had already had. Right. So detectives went on out there to start moving dirt and see what else they could find. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a match to the other red shoe that they had found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they found the green tights as well. So now, heck, they've got... You know, everything. They've Yeah, pretty much everything. They've got the body, the both shoes, the leotard, and the, and the tights. So it kind of makes you think, you know, that one shoe that they found, you know, only two miles from the party. You think she took it off and threw it out the window to try to... Leave a breadcrumb? Yeah, basically a breadcrumb. Could have been. It's possible, I guess. Because mm-hmm. the rest of it, you know, was either nine or ten miles away. Yeah. So make you think about it anyway. Yeah. Now, in June of 2016, the police, they released some images to the media of a white man with a mustache from the Halloween party. And they received a tip early on in the investigation about this guy Mm -hmm. who showed up at a house at 3 a.m. on War Road where Chelsea's shoe was found. Right. And he'd shown up at this house pounding on the door. That's that's crazy, man. Yeah, asking if he could... Sleep in this dude's house. Yeah. But he ended up passing out on the front porch. Mm Mm-hmm. He had said the next morning to get up, and the guy had left his vest behind. And when he got to looking at the vest, there was a pocket knife and then some rope and stuff in his vest, which yeah, is kind of odd. Very odd. Well, yeah. it's not as odd as the dude beating the hell out of his door wanting to sleep at his house. At 3 a.m., yeah. Yeah, that'll get you out. You won't like the way I come to the door at <laughs> 3 a.m. <laughs> uh-uh. But uh, he said the guy came back to get his vest later. Right. So I wonder if he called the cops to let him know about this stuff. Or, I don't know. I, I would have. I would, too. It's kind of odd, you mm-hmm. know. But anyway. But I he gave him his stuff back. Yeah, and the cops did uh, look through some video footage and stuff, and they did find this guy on their party and stuff with his vest and stuff. They ended up talking to him as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And they had scheduled a polygraph for this dude. Yeah. And they was getting ready to, to do that. And that's when uh, the crime crime lab called. And they got some DNA that matches the male DNA. Yes, yeah, so and guess what? We got a match. Yes. And it was found on, like we said, on Chelsea's ripped leotards and CODIS who came up initially said no match right then it ran again and there it was boom 
and it wasn't this dude. Nope. It was somebody who just got arrested. It wasn't this dude. It wasn't Harlan. It wasn't dude. It wasn't Big Mike. And he just got arrested. He showed up in the database. Mm -hmm. And it was not a mustache guy at the front door. Right. And it wasn't Harlan. Nope. And it's not Eric. That's right. But the DNA happened to belong to a man named Daniel Clay. Mm -hmm. He was 27 years old. And he's just a, a random dude, man. He didn't have a permanent address. He's almost kind of homeless in a way. Kind of like a drifter guy. Yeah. 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 He'd been living or staying in this area for a little while, but I think he'd just been uh, bumming off of folks, girlfriends, and just doing what he could. He didn't have, like I said, didn't have a permanent address. He just kind of unemployed, mooched off of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't have a job. He'd been arrested a half a dozen times on things like assault, uh, credit card fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, Battery. Just, yeah. Just different things. Yeah. Just kind of like a low life kind of nothing just hanging around now in may of 2016 he had been arrested for stealing a backpack mm -hmm. full of tattoo equipment yeah, he stole it from somebody and i think he was trying to sell it yeah and that's when he got caught because that's how his dna ended up in the system yeah and it's really a lucky break because they had just changed the law right before this because before you had to be convicted of a felony to get to have to give up your dna yeah and now they had changed it to anyone who was arrested for a felony and this being the larceny of uh, stealing all that stuff ended up being a felony. So that's how they, they got his uh, DNA. Yeah. Just because he was a dumbass and stole the backpack. And then uh, when they took him in, took his DNA, and that's how it popped up. Mm -hmm. So if he had never would have done that, they would never would have gotten this guy. Yeah. So they, that's when they went to find him. And in July of 2016, you know, he was homeless and had two warrants out for him for mm -hmm. unpaid child support. Yeah, so they were pretty smart here. They went and picked him up for that. Yeah. They didn't tell him what the deal was. Yeah. Yeah. And he, they found him at his uh, new girlfriend's house. Mm -hmm. I think it was a mobile home. Her name was Kelly Richter. Mm -hmm. And the police banged on the door. I think, I think they were out there for a while. And then he ran out the back. Yeah. 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 And that's when they run him down and they arrested him. Yes. But what was crazy, though, he was in the house the whole time, and it was a friend of his girlfriend's in there in the shower, and he busted in on her and said, I'm going to prison. <laughs> she probably said, well, you, you don't go to the graveyard, you don't get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. They interviewed Kelly, his um, girlfriend at the time, and she was very cooperative and supportive. And that's when they searched the mobile home, and they found – chelsea's undergarments and jewelry mm, and some other personal items yeah like so he, he's keeping trophies here yep uh, yes he is yeah so then they take him down to interview him starting off asking about the party yeah you know and and he denies knowing chelsea oh from the very get-go yeah he didn't know nothing about her don't know nothing. yeah and they're like okay why do you have her underwear i mean come on man mm -hmm. but this guy was making himself out to be like a a ladies man yeah well they talked to him you know like i said they they said they was going to arrest him for you know those other warrants and when they first started doing the interview they you know just got to talk to him got a couple questions and then that's when they brought up the halloween party and he kind of hmm yeah i was there do you know her no i don't know her then they start turning up the heat a little bit so you know like well you know would your so there's no reason that you know your dna would be on her her clothes or on this on no, no 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 not at all you, so you don't know her to have never never had sex with her nothing nope not at all nope so and then they go well wait a minute <laughs> so your dna is on her clothes here yep and that's when he said that they did have sex right well he actually said that he had sex with a girl he didn't know her name hmm. yeah so he's changing the story as it goes along, Dale. Right, but they still got a secret here because, you know. They just said they got DNA. Right. They didn't say what it was. Yeah. But like so, I said, he's assuming that it's semen is right. what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because he knows what he did. But he's bringing up the sex part. But what's funny is they actually admitted that it was just skin cell DNA. Yeah. yeah. So after that, you know, he said he had sex with her and it was consensual. And then uh, he said, you know, later he saw her and she wanted to ride home and they went somewhere else and then she wanted sex again or mm -hmm. some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but the whole time they known that it was uh, skin sales from where the clothes were torn. It wasn't even semen that they found. Yeah. So he just kind of told on himself. Yep. And then they played another little game too with him. They told him that uh, Chelsea's mom had told the police that Chelsea had this weird condition with her bones. It mm -hmm. was called brittle bone disease. Yeah. 
And then the, Daniel sort of perked up a little bit. It's like, oh, I got a way out here. Yeah, I see a, a doorway right here. Mm-hmm. And that's when he came up with the little thing that they were having rough sex. Mm-hmm. She wanted to have rough sex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that second time through, you know, he's like you said, dude, had sex in his car and then he gave her a ride somewhere else. And then the second time she wanted to be a little rougher. Yeah. Yeah, that's what his deal was. Yeah. But that's pretty brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, that's when he said he had, he had hit and strangled her and he choked her and she went limp. But it mm-hmm. must have been because she had that damn brittle bone disease. Yeah. Because he didn't choke her that hard. He said he only choked her for 20 or 30 seconds and she just went dead. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But he did say that he then attempted CPR. Yeah. And. Banging on her chest. Yeah. Trying to save her. Trying to save her. Yep. He's just that kind of guy. He said he was a guy of the 70s. He was a peace and love guy. All he liked to do was smoke weed and have sex. That's what he said, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't into violence at all. That's what he told him. That's what he told him. Even though he'd been arrested for assault. <laughs> and battery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so after, you know, he said you, was, you said that, uh, you know, he said he was trying to do CPR and stuff. So then after he had self-admittedly beat her in the chest, however he did it, whatever he's doing, trying to say CPR, life, yeah. Yeah, whatever he's saying. He said, to you, you know, she didn't ever revive. So he kind of freaked out and he put her back in the car. Yeah. And he didn't know what to do with her. Didn't know what to do. Yeah. Definitely didn't want to take her to the hospital because, you know, that's what you would normally do, right? Exactly. <laughs> so he just said, find himself just driving around the area for a while until he finally just took her to his, where they had found her and dumped her out and hid her under some branches so yep. nobody would see her. Yeah. And he, he said he had no idea how her costume ended up where it was. Ten miles away. Ten miles away. Yeah, his story was that, you know, it was consensual and she had taken off her own clothes and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was all bullshit and they knew it. But the police had made up that story about the brittle bone. Yeah, it was all a lie. Yeah, just to get yeah. more out of him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, they made it up. So, you know, pretty, it's pretty clear that no, this was a, you know, was an accident. So he was arrested right then. Yes. You know, and, it, you know, another crazy thing, Chelsea's uh, best friend, Becky, who worked at the, uh, Olga's. At, at Olga's with her, you know, had told another co-worker about, you know, Jessica, and it turned out that she was one of Daniel Clay's baby's mamas. Yes. Like, whoa. Yes. There's, there's uh, just a few degrees of separation between all these people. That is crazy. Yeah. You know, and then it makes you wonder, did this guy, did he know all along that they were going to this party? Did he have something for her? Did he, you know, I mean, was it a random meetup in the middle of 800 people or did he know that he she was going to be there? He going on the whole time. Right. Yeah. It's very possible. Yeah, it makes me think that he knew that she was going to be there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because it's just too odd. Mm-hmm. Then again, you know, we go back to, you know, he uh, pled not guilty because, you know, his his story, it was accidental. You know, he mm-hmm. had charged her for 20 to 30 seconds, and basically everybody didn't know that's what's happened. Yeah, but he went on trial for this murder deal, and the family had to sit there in the courtroom and listen to all this, all these lies, and have to be listen about their daughter and her sex life yeah actually you already know she's just been beaten to death yeah i mean really beaten to death and then yeah the uh the defense thought that that would be a good thing to do have people come in and then talk about her her sex life yeah and how she wanted it or how it was or whatever everything yeah the judge kind of shut that shit down though yeah which is you know kudos to him but that's when um the prosecution took the costume out of the bag, and they turned it inside out, and they found blood stains all on the inside of the mm-hmm. costume. Yeah. And the straps were torn, and the crotch was ripped out. Yeah. And they said, so you say <laughs> it was all consensual, and she had taken the costume off by herself. Well, this here shows that that's not possible. Exactly. Right. You know, especially, you know, she was super proud of that thing. She wouldn't have messed it up, you know, especially by ripping the crotch out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was full of blood on the inside, so you know she was she was beaten pretty bad. Now, on May the 16th of 2017, Dale, this wasn't too long ago, the jury found him not guilty of first-degree murder. Right. But there, was a but, se- yeah. but, yeah, there was a second charge for killing Chelsea while sexually assaulting her, which was a felony murder. Yep. And they found him guilty. Which is so, really more, really. It's a, I was going to say it's a better charge, but yeah, like you said, it's a, it carries the same weight as the first degree murder, but also tax on sexual assault. Yeah. So it's actually a, 
a worse charge, I it guess is. you should say. Yeah. And they also found him guilty of concealing a dead body. Yep. All right, Dana, we've got a clip here we're going to play of the judge during this trial of what he said to Daniel Clay. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. What's very clear to me, Mr. Clay, you're a liar, a rapist, and a killer. It's a sentence of this court that you'd be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Well, I guess that pretty much sums it up, Dave. That sums it up. Yeah. yeah. We need more of them kind of judges. Yeah, we do. I'm telling you. So you got to send it to court, be sent to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Yep. Yes. So he's going away for a while. Yeah. Now, during the victim impact statements, Dale, Chelsea's mom, Leanda, was there, and she read a statement, and she also presented uh, Daniel Clay with a Bible. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she told him that she forgive him for killing her daughter. Right. Yeah, she was a very devout Catholic woman, very religious. And she said, there's no way I can move on with my life without forgiving you. Yep. But that's just a... You know, and if I just try to forget you, then that makes me like think that uh, Chelsea didn't even exist and, and that her life didn't mean anything, and I damn sure ain't going to have that. So. Yeah. So, so I have to forgive you so I can move on with my life. Wow. Yeah. That's a tough woman, man. Yeah. Yep. But that is the story of Chelsea Brooke. Chelsea Brooke. Yep. Sad, sad. It is. But they did with some good police work and good detective work. They were able to solve this case and put the killer behind bars, and he's there for the rest of his life, man. Yep. Thanks to Curtis. Yep. All right, Dale. We are going to get out of here, bud. Let's do it, bro. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and remind all the women out there, if you go to a party, if you go to a get-together, leave together. Yeah, not only men, I mean women, but men too. Any yeah. Friends, whoever you go with, bring them home. Yep. Because the next episode could be about you. This is Crack, Crack House, House Chronicles. Chronicles.